You know, I have been thinking, I've been considering whether I ought to change the um, explicit rating on the podcast because I've noticed that as we've been going on over the months, uh, that's back when I started this, I think last year on Spreaker and now that I'm over here on Anchor, I've noticed that some of the questions and some of the topics are getting um, rather adult. And I don't know if iTunes and a couple of other people like Spotify and co are going to penalize me for having a not having an explicit rating, even though we are discussing uh, sometimes very adult stuff over here. So, uh, well, I guess this is just me musing to myself that maybe I should just go ahead and change the um, explicit rating. Well, I'm not sure if, um, you know, trying to talk about these sorts of ideas in the objective sense that I've been trying to do it without using any obscenity. I'm not sure if that is enough to warrant an explicit rating. But if you are a listener to the show and you happen to have knowledge on these sorts of things, you know, what makes, um, uh, what kind of uh, subject matters or what kind of language constitutes an explicit rating, uh, then just um, shoot me a message let me know. You can record one in the app if you're using the uh, Anchor um, podcasting app to listen to this. You can shoot me a voice note, um, let me know, and I'll see how I can get that uh, rectified. So, um, okay, so now on to the, back to the topic that we've been discussing for the past, uh, let's say maybe two or three days. And that was the, that has been the question, how do you ask for frisky things in the bedroom or is it better to get a mistress? And so I've been tackling this in my usual manner, trying to break it down, see what the uh, assumptions um, are in this question and try and treat things in a very nuanced fashion. So I believe the first angle that I took was to examine the question if there is such a thing as frisky business in the bedroom. And I hope and I've been able to convince you guys that, um, yes, there is. And it's not because of the... um, It might not be because of the inherent uh, subject matter per se. It might not be inherent in the kind of sexual sexual practice that you guys are talking about. You know, you, Mr. Groom and uh, Madam Bride. Um, But... It can stem from our different backgrounds and our different attitudes towards sex. And uh, I spoke about my experience and my own boyhood ideas about how not having sex on Sunday, um, about how having sex on Sunday is not a good, uh, not a good thing. And, uh, you know, and the ideas surrounding good, good girls and how um, inhibited or how much initiative they're allowed to show in the bedroom. And then... um, yeah, ultimately looking at this question about what are appropriate um, sexual acts and, um, you know, things that run between all shades of grey. So if this is your first time of listening to the podcast, skip back an episode or two um, to catch up with uh, that um, juicy discussion that we had. Now, today, um, okay, since I've looked at uh, if there is such a thing as frisky business, I would now want to look into the subject of the matter. Um, I'd now like to look into the question whether all frisky business is bad because that's one of the assumptions that we have here um, in the question. So if we get to the point where we agree that, yes, we have different backgrounds, we have different attitudes, and so maybe that is where some of these ideas about the friskiness uh, comes from, that is this specific act that we have in mind, um, is it 
um, is it bad? I guess that would be one of the reasons why uh, for that um, question. Oh, by the way, I might as well um, point out that obviously the fellow who asked me this question is a guy. And so that is why it is couched um, in that manner. So I am not um, removing uh, women from the equation. That's assuming the question were the other way um, round that would it be better to um, have a boyfriend outside of marriage instead. But um, the analysis applies um, for both uh, for both uh, sexes, whether you're the man or the woman. I just happen to be coming from a guy's angle because um, it's guys who ask me these sorts of questions. And so uh, if there are any uniquely female things that you guys would like me to talk about, then uh, reach out, shoot me a message. You can do so if you're using the uh, Anchor uh podcasting app and i'll be able to make that a a uh i'll be able to make your audio question a part of the um, episode and we'll jump right into it so now it's all frisky business um bad okay now um okay so let me speak frank on the subject i think i made a reference to uh, some fellow that I was chatting with um, a while ago, maybe on the last podcast, who said uh, that at the end of the day, um, it's none of your business. It's nobody's business. It's not the business of the church. It's not the business of the law, as in me and her are married. And the way he put it was, if I want to put it in her ear, then that's up to both of us and you guys have nothing to say about it. And um, this is the angle that I'm going to uh, come at it from. Now, in matters of um, philosophy and in matters of um, religion and sometimes in matters of social science, there's this question of teleology. And what teleology is concerned with is the idea of ends and is the idea of um, the ultimate purpose of things. So when you're talking about teleology, you're trying to explain things according to what their apparent purpose seems to be. So in other words... If you look at the biro, um, it's obvious what the ends are that the biro is meant for writing. And so to that end, if something is going to be a good biro or a bad biro, it would depend to the extent on which it fulfills its purpose. So if I have a biro, but the ink is clogged up and it doesn't work, then it is a bad biro. If I have a screwdriver that happens to be worn out, and so because of that, I can't use it to unscrew anything around the house. It is a bad screwdriver. So something is either good or bad, fit or unfit, or however it is you want to look at it, depending on what the ultimate ends are. Now that is easy to talk about, this whole thing about teleology, when we're talking about inanimate objects. What is a good phone? What is a bad phone? What is good food? What is bad food? Good food, purpose of good food, um, obviously, is to uh, nourish uh, is to nourish us, the people who are eating it. So if we eat food and it doesn't nourish us, but it makes us sick, it makes us ill, then obviously that is bad food. So um, teleology is really straightforward to apply when it comes to inanimate objects or when we're dealing with things outside of the sexual realm. So there are some uh, people in philosophical circles and in religious circles and in scientific circles who think uh, um, teleology 
it's a straight up valid way of looking at things and if we apply it to everything else in life we can apply that to sex and sexual ethics um, as well so once we look at something and we're able to figure out its design, we are going to be able to figure out what its purpose is in the material world. And that is the whole thing around um, teleology. And um, in my own opinion, uh, teleology is a useful tool that we can look at when examining not just these questions around um, sexual ethics and what is appropriate uh, when you are um, dating your wife-to-be, or when you guys are already married. It's a useful way um, to look at things. Yes, there are larger philosophical um, issues involved, but uh, we're going to skip some of those because uh, I don't want to get into any of those issues today. So in future episodes, um, when we talk about raising our children, we can get into that whole, um, all those discussions about a theistic worldview versus an atheistic worldview and all that. Um, sorry if you signed up thinking that this was going to be something more um, saucy, but I'm trying to give my personal perspectives best here to um, enlighten the conversation on these things because it doesn't help when we have young men going into marriage thinking that it's nobody's business. If I want to put it in her ear and she's okay with that, then uh, that's just between um, both of us. So... Um, so with all these ideas that I've tossed around so far um, with um, teleology, explaining things according to their purpose, figuring out the design of something and what its purpose um, is, uh, I'm sure you can see now that it's not entirely a personal matter, this whole thing of um, we can't just say the church has nothing to say and we can't say philosophy has nothing to say. We can't say society has nothing to say. It's not a personal matter. It actually is a philosophical one. And the reason why it's a philosophical one, and I think the question kind of assumes it because there's this thing there of, um, uh, um, you know, should I get this frisky business in the, in the bedroom or should I get a mistress? It's kind of that idea implied that your wife is entitled to a certain measure of um, respect or regard or care. And so um, if this frisky business is bad, then maybe I should just uh, remove it out of the marital context and make this thing a contract, you know, I'm paying for the service or, um, or whatever. But the bottom line is, it's not just a personal matter, it's a philosophical one, because if we are using our spouses, and I'm speaking to men now, if we're using our wives for the wrong ends, then we are getting into the realm of spousal abuse and we're ending up with very selfish um, sexual um, ethos. So really can't say it is a personal matter. This is more of a philosophical matter and it's something that we have to think about um, quite critically. Now, unfortunately, I'm not going to let you guys off the hook by giving you a clear yes answer or by giving you a clear no answer. So let me just examine two um, items and then we'll run it by uh, this um, teleology um, uh, test and it will become very clear what I mean about how if we think of this as just a purely personal matter and we don't see that it's a philosophical one and we're pursuing wrong ends with our spouses, if we're pursuing wrong ends with our wives, we're going to end up with um, sex, spousal abuse and selfish um, sexual acts. So an example is in uh, gagging. 
um, I'm not sure what it's called these days because um, uh, I um, because uh, I'm 40 years old now. So back when we were younger, well, at least that's what it used to be called, gagging. So I'm not sure what the young ones call it these days. So um, gagging is um, that act. For those of you who don't know, it's a form of um, oral sex where... Uh, it gets really forceful um, to the point where the woman starts um, throwing up, basically. And it's one of those acts that uh, gives some guys um, pleasure. Um, how it does, I don't know how, but it's something that some couples do practice, apparently, um, with the consent of uh, the woman. So if you're old school, well, relatively old school, I'm saying that in a relative sense because I'm 40, but I'm sure there are people who are listening to this podcast who are maybe 50 or maybe 60. So to you guys, it's not old school. I'm a young one. So um, we can now see how if this whole thing about teleology and proper ends is true, then uh, we can see how we're now entering into the realm of spousal um, abuse. Because if sex is supposed to have a unity function and a procreative function, then... How does gagging further that purpose of sex? If it's supposed to be a unitive function and obviously uh, throwing up is more of a reactionary response towards some kind of harm or disease, dis-ease that is going on in the body. So how can we consider that to be a loving act? And it's the same thing with... um, uh, uh, like I said, back in my own days, it used to be called crushing. I'm not sure what it's called now. And that's where, you know, guys like um, bigger women to sit on their chests and on their face and pretty much suffocate them for a while. So the question also um, applies. I just picked these ones at random. For one, you can see that uh, one, the actor, the, should I say aggressor? So the aggressor in gagging is the man, the aggressor in crushing is the woman, but the question is still the same. If we're looking at this matter of sex and we think that sex is for procreative function, to get kids into the world, unity function, to make us grow closer together in love, then how does crushing further that? that those are questions that I'll leave them open to you guys to um, chew about. But the bottom line is, if you are a young man, you're getting ready to head into marriage with um, your uh, soon-to-be um, wife. It's not just a flippant and simple matter as um, it's me and my wife. There's no other opinion or there's no other consideration that matters. There are other things to consider, which is why I keep on saying ad nauseum at every podcast that I'm not a professional. I'm not a sex therapist. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a priest, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an anthropologist. There are bigger questions here. And this is why I say that both of you, Mr. Groom and Mrs. Bride, you guys need to have an open spirit of discernment where you guys are going to sit down and be led by people much more knowledgeable and um, ask your questions and figure these things, figure these things out, figure these things through. So is all frisky business bad? With the ideas that we've tossed around now, about teleology and considering uh, figuring out the design of things and the purpose in the material world, I guess we can get a sense of some things are good, some things are bad, and maybe there's a lot of gray in between, and maybe some things are expedient, but it's not as simple as 
me and my wife were going to decide and that's it and so if we decide open marriage that's it the rest of you keep shut if we decide gagging that's our business if we decide crushing that's our business if we decide bdsm that's our business so it's not just um it's not just a it's not a purely personal matter it's also a philosophical matter and it has uh, other ramifications as well so um this is one of those questions where i'm not going to be able to give you uh give you a concrete yes or no answer and um you guys are going to have to do some searching uh, for yourselves and figure things out in the spirit of open uh, discernment. So in the next uh, episodes, I think I'll look at the question of how do you ask? So let's say you guys have done your discernment and you figure that this is something on which you guys have a green light on. So um, how do you ask for it or how do you ease your partner into it? And then uh, I think I'll leave that uh, mistress question until the final one. I guess I shouldn't have to comment on that because I think I've dealt on it in earlier episodes where I spoke about um, polyandry, uh, that is having um, multiple husbands, polyamory, having multiple lovers, and polygamy, having multiple wives. But I'll still get into that as well. So thank you very much, guys, for listening to the So You're Getting Married podcast. Remember, take everything I say here with a pinch of salt. I'm just offering my personal perspectives. I'm trying to keep them well considered. And the people that I'm talking to, uh, brides and wives, and to grooms and guys, those of you getting ready to walk down the aisle, or people who have already been in the business for a bit, uh, if there's something that I can learn to help um, elevate this business of marriage that we're in, that's the point of uh, while I'm here, basically. So lessons that you need before the wedding ceremony and after the wedding ceremony. So I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. I will catch you guys on the next episode.